Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club. This is Matt Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, friends. There is pretty much a handful of rounds left to go in your fantasy football season. And maybe your year's tracking like the Adelaide Crows, or perhaps it's going St Kilda-like, where it's surprisingly better than you thought. Either way, here at the Coaches Panel, we're hoping to help you with your fantasy football side, regardless of the format and the style that you like to play. As we are now hours out from round 12 getting underway, I thought it'd be good for us to have a quick chat. And joining me on these uh, sneaky round podcasts, I get Kane on every single week. Hello, buddy. Mate, I'm, I'm good... Yet again, one round is done, and within less than 24 hours of lockout lifting, the partial lockouts of our formats continue on with uh, the Battle of the Bridge getting underway tonight. Yeah, and it's an interesting one to be first up off the bat too because there's a lot of options that coaches will be looking at both on the premium and rookie front, and we know that the sort of carnage we had in the latter part of the week with players being named or not named, and to think that coaches could be using upwards of all three of their trades by tonight, it's and very that's a scary realistic. proposition going into you know another three to four days of footy after that. And we saw coaches probably at the end of round ten be a little apprehensive as that round ten went on, going, "I should hold, I'll keep it as late as I can, I'll be okay." We didn't really get stung as fantasy coaches for late outs or surprise omissions or changes, whereas this week we did. We we saw a number of players be managed. Draper was the one that probably impacted coaches the most in the sense of. They probably held Gorn, if they did, going, I'll just get Draper's 50, 60, 70, I'll be okay. And then they got stung out that way. So there is another chance knowing full well that as yet at time of recording, the future fixture is yet to be announced of round 14 and beyond. There is a chance that this management will continue through round 12 and future rounds as we await to see how the AFL fixture these final few months. Yeah, and that's a factor that we keep thinking we might get and then every day goes by and we, and we don't get it and we hear, you know, differing reports that, um, you know, could be all all sorts of things. If we've heard one that, you know, all 10 teams that haven't had a buy mm. have a buy in one round, I mean, obviously we've heard, you know, could it be spread out. So obviously it's hard to speculate, but when it does come out, obviously it will have a huge impact on the strategy in these final rounds. Yeah, and look, we're not going to spend a lot of time in this episode so much about the hypothetical scenarios that may play out because, let's be honest, if it is a 10-team buy and everyone's off, like, that's catastrophic news for the fantasy formats, with the exception of probably AFL Fantasy, or we'll just say, we'll award the average. It's no problem to us. But if you are in Dream Team or Super Coach, that could be catastrophic for us what do you play best five like how does that work yeah well we know mj the rule makers in those formats you know will make drastic changes to help of course all coaches and obviously there'll be some coaches that like them and some that won't and that's obviously the really tricky part of this crazy season so obviously we'll keep waiting we'll see what happens we you know if if you believe it's going to be a 10 team buy well it's not going to happen in round 14 because mm. they've already announced that Melbourne and St Kilda will play. And obviously St Kilda is one of those teams that still have to have a bye. Correct. So again, that just pushes it later and later. And again, the later it happens, obviously, the more the strategy changes as well. So we'll wait on that news. And I'm sure once we have it, 
it would be a really fun podcast getting stuck into that. We will bring you a podcast and an article at coachespanel.tv uh, as we discuss that and everything else. What we do know for the rest of the year, regardless of what does happen, is if you play AFL Fantasy, they have informed us just in the past 24 hours it's been announced that they're going to continue on the rolling lockout for the rest of the year. So they're going to align themselves in the similar pattern of what Dream Team and Supercoach have now done for the past few seasons. And that's purely because the AFL have come out and said teams are only going to get announced at 6.20, 24 hours ahead of the game. And so because of that, you can't do partial or full lockouts, can you? No, it's impossible, MJ, and it makes it really tricky. And I was just looking at the fixture this week, and I know it annoyed a lot of people in the previous round. And, you know, we've got games at 6.10 starting, and then teams come out at 6.20. So that's a bit of salt in the wounds when you're waiting just for that as much information as you can get. Mm-hmm. And we saw some people, you know, Toby Watson was one in particular that a lot of coaches were sweating on, made their moves, only for, you know, the teams to come out after that and him not to be named. So we know that's going to happen going forward and it's going to be um, really tricky to manage, but I think it's a no-brainer. You know, you had to go to a rolling lockout if that's going to be the case. You can't be locking out with people not knowing half the team. So, again, smart move. And obviously, as you said, AFL Fantasy have it really simple for them when those buy rounds do come up, just awarding average. Yeah, they've made it very, very nice and clinical for themselves, but also for the participants of the game. So, look, hats off to them. I think they've every format's navigated as best they believe they can, which is well done. But, look, my personal take is I think AFL Fantasy have made it the easiest for coaches that are playing the game, whether the super fans or the more passive, playful um, social players, to to know what's going on. Uh, Let's talk about... There are a couple of big issues for coaches as we head into round 12, which again gets underway in just a couple of hours' time at time of recording. There's a big unknown about one of the most valuable players and one of the most highly desired players up until about two weeks ago to own. And I'm, I'm referring to Max Gorn. Uh, out, uh, given that extra little bit of time to rest and recover after it was revealed he had a shoulder uh, tear. That, that was managed through the Crows game. And then, of course, plenty was made about that in the media during the, the gap of the rounds. But then just in the past 48 hours came news of a potential new injury concern, which may see him not even line up this week against the Magpies. Yeah, well, we spoke about it last week, MJ, and the thought mainly was, albeit, you know, injury cloud for the shoulder. And obviously he played through that Adelaide game. And we were mainly speaking about you know, moving someone like him on just because he's carrying an injury. But also, he was at peak value at that point. Yeah. So that is the good thing in a way for coaches that did hold is that that value is still really, really high. So you've still got you know, plenty of options um, to downgrade or even, you know, restructure. But again, a second injury now, and we're hearing that it's all but 100% confirmed there will be another condensed fixture block from round 14 to 17. So yeah. we're about to go through this again where, you know, one-week injuries, if the timing's wrong, it's a two-game miss. Correct. Um, I think the really tricky part, though, MJ, that forced a lot of coaches to want to trade, one, as you mentioned earlier, we had Sam Draper that a lot of coaches thought they'd get his cover mm. for a week. The other factor was we're in a best-18 scenario. Yeah. So if you were already on 22, as painful as it was to not have another premium body out there, for the expense of saving a trade, yeah. you know, you could work around that. Now we're obviously coming back to all 22 on field. Correct. Obviously, AFL Fantasy its own beast because they didn't have, um, you know, buy players and best 18. But Supercoach and DT were back to 22. The other tricky part I think coaches realised the previous week was 
who do you trade him to? Yeah. Because we spoke a lot about, you know, trading players off the buy. Now, unless someone had a crystal ball and knew that Sean Darcy was going to go absolutely bang. Yeah. Like, there wasn't really anyone off the buy. I know Nick Nat's an option, but Super I think coach. we've spoken enough about him being that, you know, he's going to get those in-game reps. Yeah. And as destructive as he is, and we know he can turn up in, you know, literally 40% game time, you, know, you can't be taking that chance, I didn't think. And the price wasn't exactly valued. You know, there wasn't huge discount on him. He was just performing really well and, and hitting his straps. So, you know, coaches looked at a gold scene. Yeah. And again, I think that matchup when we knew that Gorn was out, and especially when we saw that Bruce wasn't named, you, you know, we thought maybe a matchup against Luke Jackson was going to be, you know, a really instant hit. And again, coaches that brought him in, and I was one of them who was watching him closely. When I Did saw I? him lining up on the wing, oh my gosh! I thought to myself, okay, there's clearly some management in game for him as well. Brody Grundy, you know, wasn't his usual destructive self, albeit you know solid against the Crows. Yeah, Rowan Marshall for those coaches that really waited really late and saw that. Oh my God, you know, Paddy Ryder's out. You know, we know how well Rowan Marshall does as a sole ruck again. He was solid without being sensational. Yeah. Riley O'Brien. And these latter guys we've mentioned still have a buy to come. So, again, you're trading, ideally, probably into a future problem. Correct. I think the coaches that really were happy with their move, albeit it was a risk that we did speak about, was mm. the Peter Laddams and the Oscar McInerney. The yeah. break-even was low. Yep. Oscar McInerney at least has a four- to five-week run still without Archie Smith and Steph Martin sidelined. Lambs had life set coming in. So people that brought him in, again, hats off to you. He was unbelievable against the Tigers. But again, I don't think these coaches are thinking that's a long-term solution. I think they're hoping for a stepping stone for a couple weeks. Good points, good cash. And then ideally, I think they want to bring Gorn back in um, in two or three weeks when he's fit again. But if these injuries keep lingering, you might just have to hold on to them. And that becomes the interesting thing is, do these become players you want to keep and hold and retain in your side for the rest of the year? Even saw Darcy Cameron pick up a super coach son this year as it really kick-started his cash generation again. So even if you are a current Max Gorn owner and he doesn't get named this week, there's nothing really screaming pick me as a, great, it's a like-for-like swap in terms of, I'm going to hold this player for the rest of the year now. And again, the key has to be, with that 100, 200 odd thousand that you're downgrading or saving on this premium trade, what are you then doing with that cash that week in the trade to make it worthwhile for points on field? Yeah, that's the tricky thing, MJ. If you get tempted and want to trade Gorn out and swing a Cameron into the ruck line, hmm. there's no guarantees. And now we're back to best 22, like I said. Yeah. Like that was a phenomenal score against the Crows. But as we know, that's a terrific matchup for yeah. a big fella up forward. I mean, that could easily be a 30 the next week. Against Melbourne, yeah. And I think that's what coaches were scared of with a Draper, is there was reports, especially in that condensed fixture, that he would get rested. So if your ruck line's exposed with a Grundy, a Draper, and a Cameron, you know, it's very easy to have Cameron and Draper out in the week. one week. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're looking at a donut. So I think that was really scary, and that's what's you know, attracted the McInerney's and the Laddams is you've got that ruck forward flexibility that maybe if something goes wrong, you could swing them around. That's the really tricky part, though, is that it's hard to actually pull off that swing. You know, maybe it, you need a non-playing ruckman as well, which is exposing mm. you again. So that's why we always say the ruck line, if things start going wrong, 
you can burn four to five trades really in quick. two weeks. Really Because quick. you're so opened up. We know in every other line, back line and forward, you've got two on the bench to cover. Midfield, you've got three. In the ruck line, you've got one. And there's not many options. And it can be a real roller coaster. Um, so that's where I feel like coaches, maybe they'd feel comfortable, MJ, if it's a Grundy Cameron. Mm. But the risk with that is, if Grundy's out, it's great that Cameron comes in, but you're going to have to rely on both of them playing. So Correct. that's why I feel like we had to go to, you know, just the smart play was to go to a proven Ruckman, go to a Marshall, go to a Goldstein, even though the points were a bit underwhelming. Yeah. You're really saving yourself just carnage down the, down the track. You don't want to be having to deal with that donut every week if, you know, Draper doesn't get up or Cameron doesn't get up. And uh, yeah, if someone has the flexibility of a McInerney, or a Laddam to swing into that position for Gorn. Fine. I think that's the ideal spot because now you've got pretty much every line in the whole ground opened up to pick from. But yeah, I wouldn't have any confidence, real confidence, picking a Ruckman. Again, I thought Goldstein was sensational, but clearly North have some management. They want to give, you know, Majak Daw some time in the Ruck. Yeah. Um, they want to experiment. You know, I would think if you've got a lot of people's all Australian Ruckman playing, I'd want to give my midfield the best supply, but, you know, there's rumours that he's sore as well. And yeah. I think that's the hardest thing that we're dealing with across all lines is, is in-game management, getting people through mm. each week. You know, obviously as fantasy coaches, we want them to score massive, but these coaches want to make sure that they have that player available next week. And I think that's what's, you know, clouding a lot of people's decision-making in trade targets. Yeah, it's fascinating. And then you, you start to break down the other issues that are going to develop for coaches, which we alluded at the top of the episode, is that this first game is really crucial for a lot of coaches. And we'll talk about some upgrade targets, whether they're at their peak price or still presenting some value soon. But certainly from a cash cow perspective, Wix has re- retained his role. Uh, he's got a relatively good break even um, and still got plenty of cash for him to make. So he's going to hold his spot through there. Foot has been named as a debutant, as has Hutchie. Um, both mid-forward options from the Swans and the Giants. Halloran, O'Halloran has kept his role in that GWS midfield, albeit potentially for only a couple of weeks so we've got a couple of these cash cows that coaches could be looking to. But as you've said, we could find ourselves one or two of our three trades, if not all of them, intrinsically linked to the moves that happened today because there are also some big premium options in the back line to consider. Yeah, I think this is where you've got to look at your team and think, again, we didn't we didn't bank on a Jack Viney being named out with concussion last week. Mm. So you'd, you'd really want to be feeling confident in your bench. And that is the one good thing about trading these guys in is they're going to be playing for you. You know, we know that you can wait right until the bounce. What will they score? Again, I don't know. It's probably not going to be, you know, much more than a, if you get much more than a 40 in DT and much more than a 55 in Supercoach, you've probably done well. Yeah, I agree. Um, The tricky part is you're going to have to look at your bench. If you've got, you know, dead wood that you know is not going to be named, whether that's, you know, injury and you've just been carrying them because of the price, um, again, we're back to best 22, MJ. We can't have that luxury of just going, oh, I can handle a couple injuries. So yep. You're going to be staring down 20s donuts. 20s, yeah, donuts. You're going to be staring down donuts. So, again, you'd have to be confident. And sometimes, as you know, MJ, eating a donut is fine if it allows you to get that upgrade that you want. Correct. Because you might make 50 points on the upgrade, 
and you won't have a, you know won't have a rookie on the field that was only going to score you a thirty anyway. So I'm not opposed to copying one, but you're just going to have to expect that you know you're going to have to be confident in the premium you're getting. Yeah. As I said, there'll be a lot of coaches that think, oh, I'm fifty fifty on this. I'm happy to wait. You know, maybe I'll take one of these rookies. Yeah. And just see what happens because the tricky part is not so much bringing these guys in. We know they're going to play. It's how you deciding what rookie you're trading out. Yeah, if you're moving on a Butterick, you know, he's in that side every week. Yeah. Or are you moving on a Bennell? But is Bennell going to come back? So that's the stuff that I think gets really tricky for coaches because the only teams we're going to know by the time the bounce of this ball happens yeah. is Geelong and Port. Yeah. Port's already named up you know, yep. their players. So if you were interested in a Boyd Woodcock, he's, in. he's staying in the team. Sam Mays is back. Which Sam Mays is back for those people. Um, yep. But again, Geelong, you might know, maybe you held Simpson. Yep. Simpson might be back. Yep. You know, Bradley Close is obviously one that will be important for a lot of coaches because at least he can provide some cover. Yep. But yeah, you're going to have to be really confident that, yep, this player's going. I'm just going to have to wear it if, you know, they're named or if someone else is out and I might, you know, have a donut. But, Again, it's, we know it's the premiums that are out that really, really sting, and that's where you want you know that extra trade up your sleeve. Yeah, so, that's true. Uh, you're gonna have to have a lot of confidence in the player you're bringing in tonight. And again, there are some really tempting ones. Yeah, we'll we'll get to them in a sec. Just staying with the cash cows for for just a moment longer. Who are the ones that are either on the bubble or or still have some you know value enough for us to consider? that you think have got enough security that we could have some confidence for two or three weeks. I bring that up because some coaches have a Kavara, a McInerney, uh, maybe a Keane, Butler, these cash cows that have just, they've not played for weeks and there's no real immediate sign that they're going to get back in. Now, yes, a few years ago, Dunkley did this for us where it played a couple of games, did nothing for five or six weeks, came back in and saved our bacon. Awesome. But who are the guys? Because for me, I'm, I'm looking in the back line. I think Scholl's shown enough for the Crows to suggest that they've just got to give as many kids a, an opportunity at games. And now with Duday and Lynch out for the majority of the year, or in Duday's case, the whole year, I think confident in him. I'm confident in Bytel from the Saints. Just with so many midfield injuries, Gresham is another that's just happened yeah, this week. They'll get they'll get Jones and, and Ross back. They will. Apparently, MJ. So again, Gresham out. Again, the thing for Bytel was he got the midfield opportunity in the yeah. center bounces almost once he came on the ground, and he did score really well. And we know at a junior level, mainly his seventeenth year, he was an absolute fantasy beast. It's just been an injury that's kept him out, but clearly the Saints have been patient with him and and got him in really good condition because yeah, yeah. He, he debuted in fantastic fashion. And um, again, fresh legs is important. We know you know if Ross is off calf, Jones out. Um, you know, will they play every single week? You know, maybe he's a guy that can sort of like what a Sam Simpson did and, you know, hang yeah. in for five weeks himself just because he has those fresh legs. So mm. maybe that's what, um, you know, Bytel will get. He'll get that opportunity where he can be the one that yeah. hangs in. And I, I agree. He's got the scoring potential and I was impressed just with the role. It wasn't, yeah. you know, a Ford pocket that just everything fell his way. He was given that opportunity in the midfield. Again, you're waiting till Sunday Arvo. It's a long oh, sorry, time. Saturday night, Saturday night actually to get those teams. Yeah. Um, again, I'd be I'd be confident he's in, but it's more the other guys I want to see. You know, is Jones back? Is Ross back? How that all works. Um, Woodcock's the other one we know in. will play though. He, he looks yep. like he's found a good spot in there, but I don't know much beyond that. Is there anyone that's sub 250k uh, across formats that you go? 
yeah, I, I feel confident enough that if I have to rely on them as coverage and or to generate the cash that's required, anyone else that's ringing any bells for you? MJ, honestly, there's not really anyone that I'd have a ton of confidence in. Yeah. I and mean, I think back to last week, you know, you think about Toby Watson was one that people liked. People thought Lockie Hosey and Will Walker with, you know, Ben Brown out of that yeah. side. And again, North Melbourne has just been absolutely smashed by injuries. Yeah. They lost five players in the Melbourne game, some <laughs> severe like a Bonner and an Anderson, you yeah. know, some with you know heavy corks, which might not sound like a lot, but when you're dealing with you know, Three or less four than a five-day break, yeah. um, you know, they probably will get an opportunity again, but for how long and what's, yeah. the, what's the scoring potential? Um, you know, O'Halloran held his spot for the Giants, but again, do I think he's going to be a guy long-term nope. when the likes of Toby Green back in that side even even Sydney you know MJ we thought McInerney was a good scorer and a solid player when he was on the field and he hasn't even got a look in and they've um, been crushed by injuries yeah yeah so again I think I think Wicks obviously named tonight mm. I do think Vitell should get enough of an opportunity yeah me too but this is this is the thing that we spoke about in previous weeks and I've, I've seen a lot of the community start to realize this may be the way to go is why would I move on a Butterick for 110k and, and trade him, let's just say we traded him to a Schonberg last week, who yep. a lot of coaches did that move. And again, there was writing on the wall with Sloan and Crouch coming back. Obviously, Crouch has had a setback since then. Yeah. So he might get more of an opportunity. But, you, you know, you're making around 110 k on that move. And again, maybe in two weeks' time, Schonberg is a donut on your bench. You know, he's just sitting there doing nothing. And that's where I think people started looking at the gone down move as really, really enticing him mm. because you were making more off that to go to a gold scene yeah. than one of those rookies. At least you knew with Butterick, albeit it might be 30, yep. at least he's there all year and he has that DPP to help you out. So yeah. I think what we'll start seeing, especially players that haven't had their buy yet, mm. that's where the real peak is, moving them on, to someone that you think might be about to get on a hot streak. And again, I think this is a strategy more for the coaches that, you know, aren't happy with their rank yep. and really think, you know, I'd rather go all out for a good rank and I don't care if I blow out from, you know, 6,000 to 20,000. I'm just going to swing for the fences. And, you know, Dustin Martin's one for me in Supercoach. That, that massive 180 score is about to roll out. He's $571,000 at the moment. Yeah. You take 100K off that, MJ. Like, and again, this is another player that's on the buy, but just for sake of argument, you know, Travis Boak in the midfield is literally 100K less than Dustin Martin at this stage. Mm. Like, If you really wanted to be risked, take a swing, and you love the Oscar McInerney role, you're making 140 to Oscar McInerney, and he might provide that ruck cover that you need as well. Mm. Like, This is where I think coaches... You know, you're moving off a guy that's got really high ownership, who's got a buy to come, albeit we don't know how those buyers will be managed and the extra trades will get. But this is where I think people will start realising, I don't want to compromise my rookies on the bench who actually will play each week. Yeah, They just haven't made enough cash. And maybe this is where I can differentiate myself and, and really take a massive swing. Yeah, I think so. Well, you talk about these guys that are coming off the buy, that are that are ripe for the picking and ready to go. There's an article up uh, that I've done at coachespanel.tv about some players that you could look at uh, across every single line and format that, that are ripe for the picking. 
one that jumps straight out. It's high risk, high reward. The risk is he just gets injured so much, but the reward is he's huge. I'm talking about Zach Williams. In the final 11 games of last year, he averaged 103 in fantasy and dream team. Uh, including three tons over 120. Uh, While in Supercoach, he averaged 107 and eight tons, including a seasonal best 143. Right now, he's got an average of 62 in Fantasy, 86 in Supercoach. Priced nicely and a couple of tons back-to-back in Supercoach. Have us excited about the potential, but there is definite risk of trading in these high-frequency injured players. So it's a big risk-reward move. Yeah, I think for for me, and it has to be super coach with William. I agree. It has to be super coach. I think in DT, you know, the, you know, he can obviously he can. He scored really well last year. You know, averaging low nineties. Mm. But in super coach, and especially in this format, the, the game against Essendon is what really stands out to me from a super coach perspective. You know, he doubled his DT, forty nine DT, mm. hundred and five super coach, and he's just so destructive. And like what I mean by that is score involvement run and carry meters gained and he's a really damaging kick. So yeah. you're going to get these massive, massive games from him. And in terms of the ceiling, he can pull out massive ceiling games. And I think the shortened game for him only only strengthens his impact on the contest. So I think, you know, maybe in years past when he pulled out a 120 in the, in this year's format, I think those might push up to a 130. The right. tricky part obviously is Again, the body. The body is a massive, massive concern. And the price really isn't crazy, crazy value. It's, it's cheap. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a good amount down from where he started the season. You know, don't get me wrong on that. It's 80K down. But again, I want clarity on when these buy rounds are because yeah. if there's three buy rounds, MJ, that's three best 18 rounds where maybe you get away with a Zach Williams injury and you get cover. If there's only one big buy round, all of a sudden, if he does a hamstring in a game or gets rested in a game just because he's not, you know, got a bit of a, a twing in his hamstring, now you could be looking at a 20 on your field. Correct. And again, that's, that's something that I think is really important with this fixture and makes it really, really risky. Obviously, anyone can get injured. You know, if you're the most yeah. durable player, you can get injured. But we do know that for Zach Williams, unfortunately, Injuries are almost a staple of his footy career. Every season, there's something. So, again, if you're a coach, again, I think the upside's there. If, if, but you're going to have to accept. And whether it might just be a rest for a week. And, again, it still hurts you just as much, though, MJ, if it's the best 22 round and you've got a premium on the bench and your bench cover might be you know, a Will Hamill or a Trent Rivers. If you're relying on those guys to fill in for you, uh, it gets really, really tricky. It gets really, really tricky. And Sally doesn't have, you know, that mid forwards, that sorry, that mid back status, which might al- enable some um, swinging around. So again, love the upside, especially in Super Coach. Yeah. But there is massive risk of injury. Oh, absolutely. Look, others coming off the, the buy around that could be considered Callum Mills. I really like him. An average of Super Coach uh, at a hundred. It's certainly boosted by that one seventy three back in round six against the Tigers. But look, even beyond that in Super Coach, still three other scores of one hundred and ten plus. While in AFL fantasy, he's part of that elite club. We've only really got a handful or two of defenders that have actually hit the triple figure marker. So right now, he's ranked seventh for total points. 
Uh, a break-even of 91 there. So still got a little bit of potential money there, but he's one that certainly is ripe for the picking. Uh, Lloyd and Haynes, they're going to be amongst that top few barring injuries coming. So they're Agreed. great to go. So they're options. The one I'm going to see a lot of coaches move on, it's because it's coming off the back of a 185 in Supercoach and a 139 in Dream Team and Fantasy is the move of Rory Laird. Uh, he is bottomed out probably a couple of weeks ago, in truth, but the move to the midfield out of necessity back against the Kangaroos really got very noticed by fantasy coaches this week because he was the dominant midfielder in that game uh, in, in the loss to Collingwood. Yeah, he's a really interesting one, MJ, because there is a, a role change, and it's not just you know getting a lot of the ball. It's actually you know where he's getting it. He's getting mm. massive clearance numbers, massive contested ball numbers, and we know that Led's incredible at running hard, finding space yeah. for the outside stuff. So now you're looking at a guy that can really tick every box for a complete game because he's got a really, you know, a really great outside game, and, and clearly he's shown he's got a really awesome inside game when given that opportunity. Mm. The hard thing is with these type of guys when you've missed that big score. Yeah, you're chasing, you missed, aren't you? It feels like you're chasing again. You've got a break-even sort of up your sleeve. Again, yep. in Supercoach, down at 14, MJ. Yeah. So if we look at, if he goes around, you know, and again, people probably have that expectation now because he's had two games in the mids, really, and he's gone 120-plus in both of them. Mm. If he's around, you know, 110 the next two weeks, you're probably going to make somewhere between, you know, 60 and 70K on that. So maybe you think, you know, I'll ride this wave and I'll see what, you know, the buys, what happens with the buys? I mean, maybe I get enough trades that it doesn't even matter. You know, That's I've right. got so many surplus trades that I just move him on. Again, I just always worry when you've got that massive game. Again, yeah. we're talking about, it took his average from 93 MJ to In 102. Yeah. To 102. It's huge. Um, and the price went up 47 grand. Again, he's actually above what he started the season at, and he definitely was under Before. at the start of the season. Yeah. When I look at Laird, though, again, and it's hard because he has a role change, but he's not a high-ceiling guy. So when I feel like if I've missed the ceiling game, mm. his price has gone up, I personally, um, it's hard to jump on. Again, I think, obviously, AFL Fantasy is probably the one where you'd be tempted just because you know, you're going to have to get his average anyway. Sure. And his average has taken, obviously, a really nice, massive jump. It was the highest score of the year in that format. So, um, again, you've got Sloan coming back. And again, I just think Collingwood, you know, has a bit more free reign. So yeah. I think I you do have to put that into it, don't well. you? Yeah, you've got to look at it. You've got, you got doggies and, and then Geelong. Geelong, and again, you saw what they did to St. Kilda. They starved them mm. of the ball. And again, it's it's on a strategy they use against everyone, and maybe they'll play it differently against the Crows. Yeah. But I just think, you know, that's such a massive score that I've now missed. Mm. Um I'm probably going to try to go another direction and just hope that I can get that massive score from someone else. You can get the next leg. Because if you want to look at it purely now, Supercoach is different because of the weighting, the way he wins the ball, the way he uses the ball. There's a lot more variables in it. But he basically doubled what he got the week before against Melbourne in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team scoring with a pretty similar role. And and again, North Melbourne, uh, an 81 in that game. Again, perfectly fine scores, but... You're right. I think sometimes we say, oh, man, that's like the biggest defensive score of the year in fantasy and dream team. I've I've got to get him because he's value. And he is. But beyond this week, his three top scores. And again, it's something we talked about a lot during the ISO footy break 
with our uh, top 50 Keeper League prospects. We probably should finish off the top few uh, publicly to let people hear as well. But these are the top three scores beyond it. 81 against North Melbourne, 87 against Fremantle. Yeah, it's not that great. And 79 against Gold Coast. Now, the past three weeks where the roll changes hit, 81, 68, 139. I think you'll be okay this week against the Doggies because of the way they choose to use and manoeuvre the ball. I think we could see another nice 80-plus score comfortably out of Laird. Against Geelong? Ooh, I'm not as sold that we're going to get another big 80-90-plus score out of Laird because we've seen it even just in the two weeks between Melbourne and Geelong, and sorry, and Collingwood in terms of the scoring differential. Plus, we will have Sloan and likely crouch back by round 13. Yeah, I think it's a, it comes down to the philosophy of the coach, MJ. Some people... They just don't want to get hit if Sloan does have this. I mean, if Laird has this transformation sure. to a an absolute you know superstar, and you know maybe he finishes the season averaging one twenty. Yeah, clearly, clearly, if he did that in Supercoach and if he got up to you know ninety five, you know hundred in, in DT, well, that is value. Yep. That is massive value. But again, that is really hard to do coming into you know two pretty hard matchups, especially the Geelong one. Like yeah. I said, they just star people of the footy. Um, you know, personally, I'm the type of person that I'd rather go somewhere else. Maybe if you're in the top handful and you'd use it as a defensive move. Yeah, I don't mind that. But again, I've, you've still got this this buy hanging over your head. You know, however, come. it works. Yeah. So, um, I think there's I think there's other avenues you can go down that also have that upside. Again, I think a player last year, MJ, that a lot of coaches um, were sucked into because of this massive ceiling was Cornelio. Yeah. Really, outside of that 200 game he had, he was just sort of a hundred guy. Yeah, you know, that that's and obviously I'm taking out that that zero that he had as well. But that's the hard thing when you miss these sort of the career high games. If you miss a career high game, like it balances out across the season. And again, maybe Laird will prove me wrong. Yeah, just absolutely thrive in this midfield role because um, he's a great player. He's an absolute fantastic player and he's you know he's averaged 108 in dt in the past so that's that's incredible for a defender and maybe he will but i just think at the price you're paying and obviously the buzz around yeah he's the hype right now now. um i'd be looking elsewhere yeah no look i understand it matthew nix uh for what it's worth in the press conference after the game uh, did say that he's loving what he's seeing from led in that midfield role and that he's earned his right in there and so even with a Sloan and Crouch not too far away from coming back in, there's a very real potential that Laird's going to still get a lot of time through that. Let's be honest. The Crows have got five or six weeks left to go in the year. They've got nothing to lose uh, but experiment and trial and sell some hope to fans and, and see what they can learn into 2021 and beyond. And, and who knows? Maybe we're going to see Laird as a perma mid moving forward. Uh, or maybe it's they're just like, oh, you know what? Actually, we want to bring him back in we think we're happy with another mix so it, it's it's a little bit of a futile not futile uh fragile potential role change but look while it's there enjoy it owners while you're there let's talk about that midfield some candidates to come through you mentioned Canelio. Uh, he along with another bunch of gws players are, are going to be really popular to own uh, coming off the buy for a variety of different reasons in double t tim taranto and josh kelly if someone said to me kane i was bringing any of those three players in You'd be hard-pressed to go, nah, I don't think that's the right play. Taranto's probably more a dream teamer and fantasy player specialist yeah, at this stage of his career. 
but any of those three, if someone said, oh, this is my trade target for the week as a, as a premium, they've all still got an element of value in their price. Yeah, absolutely they do. Again, I totally agree with Taranto, MJ, and you can just see by scoring last year and even the way he goes this year, he's pretty much exactly the same. He's mm. a 110 DT type of guy, yeah, and he's a low 100 super, um, coach, huh? super coach kind of guy, which, again, you've seen the guys that have that really friendly, you know, superior super coach game to DT, it's only scaling up. Even more, you know, Lockie, Neal, McRae, these guys that are usually around 10 to 15 points more, uh, they're just loving it. So I, I couldn't go Taranto in, in super coach. Yeah, me too. The price is still at a really good price. You know, he pretty much came back into the side and picked up where he left off. So you haven't really got any value there. Again, Canelio's always a threat because of the ceiling. You yeah. know, if you hit the ceiling game, you hit that 170 that he often produces or around that mark, mm. um, it's great. It's absolutely amazing. But again, just haven't, you know, at the price, again, it's a fair bite off. And, um, you know, I don't know if you're going to get the massive rewards um, that you think you're going to get with him. I think Whitfield, obviously, if you need someone in the flexibility, obviously he's a forward, but he looks like he's back to. Um, he's flying now, isn't he? The, 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 ball, the ball use is just. Up it nicely, is sublime, isn't it? It's was, beautiful. Yeah, any any score involvement type of player, like we said with Williams, he sets up so much, and, the, and he's back to his roaming sort of role where he starts on the forward line, push the center bounce, and all of a sudden he's on the halfback flank, and um, he just outworks everyone and breaks down the opposition zone, and he doesn't get any tagging attention for that reason. That's right. Well, look, he's got a five week average of one twenty one in Supercoach, ninety five in Fantasy and Dream Team. It's why I had him at the number one most relevant in the preseason. It's why everyone that jumped on him at the start of the year is what you were expecting. It is pretty much this week or you've just got to let him go now, isn't it? Oh, MJ, he's he's just prices through the roof. And um, again, if you're in the top few, maybe you use it as a defensive move. You don't want to get burnt. But as I said, it's getting hard to move rank in a big type of way. So the coaches that will move, Big rank, in my opinion, will take big risks. And yeah. clearly, on the other on the side, you could absolutely blow out. And there'll be some coaches that are in, you know, cash leagues, and they want to just try to win that, you know, group of mates they're in. Yep. But I think if you are really serious about, you know, you're at five thousand now, and you want to get to the top thousand, you got to do something different. You've probably got to, you know, differentiate yourself. And at the start of the year, if you weren't a Whitfield owner and you had that concussion, that's how you made up big Grand. points. Obviously, we're not hoping for injury, but just going a different path. And I think one person that will be interesting for people, MJ, is less than 3% in Supercoach, and he's mm. only had two sub-tons, is a Luke Parker. Yeah, I like him. Again, no DeBoer, which was obviously the concern for him or Lloyd. Um, again, Collingwood, it was just his ball use. Yeah. Again, he had, he had a good DT sort of game, and usually he's a guy that, you know, it translates pretty well to Supercoach. And it was just a little untidy. So to get him at 530 Averaging 106 with, you know, the Richmond game was just a complete outlier. And again, Collingwood was slightly underwhelming, but the rest of them are all really 107 plus. And there's a, there's a 140 in there and um, a couple 120s. And we know in the past he has that ability. And, and really, with no JPK, there's he's no the one guy. else. Yeah, he it's absolutely about, is the guy. Well, he's a top about, 10 total points in AFL fantasy and just outside the top 10 for average in AFL fantasy as well. So it's certainly not just a super coach pick, albeit no. that's the format where he's certainly uh, doing the best so far.
yeah, again, he's a he's a very durable guy. Again, some people may say that, you know, with Sydney going so poorly by their standard, you know, do they put him on ice at the end of the season if there's a knock? That's always a really, really hard thing to say. But I think Luke Park is the type of guy that you can rely on him to be out there every week. Agree. And there is that ability to pop off a 150 and really, you know, peg back. Yeah, I agree. Look, other mids that are potential viable options, they were targets last week, but Cripps, Kelly, Yo, and Gaff, none of them were really incredibly crazy amazing last week, depending on your format, but all gave us glimpses in that game against each other to show that, you know, Gaff junked it up like Cripps, if he actually tidied up some of his disposal, he could have had a monster super coach scoring, was really well held, while, you know, Yo just didn't get much of the ball playing that defensive effort. So they're still viable targets for you. Then you've got the Essendon pair that are buy free. Uh, Dylan Shields probably got the ceiling that you like in Supercoach. The basement's a bit of a concern. Merritt's finding a little bit of consistency across both formats at the moment. Certainly not opposed to him. Again, as a, a unique guy that can go big, he could be the option for you too. Yeah, I think the one MZ for me that stands out, and again, it's probably just slightly more Supercoach relevant mm. just on his background. And again, it's got a little bit of Zach Williams about it. Is Nat Fife? Yeah. If you can, if you know that you're going to get seven games out of five. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? And that's the massive risk. That's the huge risk. But we're talking Nat Fife's as cheap as he's going to be yeah. in that format this year. He's five seventy-five. It's crazy. Two two games back after he had you know his injury, and then obviously had his return from injury then a little bit of a setback after that. So really, you've got a 71 and an 84, which were two injury-affected games. Both of them are about to roll out. He's returned with a 112, a 130 against the Hawks, and he's got Carlton and Sydney. Another thing for Freo as well is they're genuinely still in the mix to make finals. The way yeah. they're playing footy at the moment, there's a lot to play for. Again, he's playing a fair bit forward, you know, a little bit more than coaches may like. But if you want a guy that can go 130-plus for the remaining six rounds and maybe even a little bit on top of that, yeah, knowing what he's like, um, he's the type of guy that, you know, it's at a good price. It's, it is still expensive. Yep. But he is a guy that in the span of three weeks can roll out three 150-plus scores. And maybe by then you're in a position where you want to be. Again, huge risk again with injury. Absolutely. But... You know, some people will say, oh, we've already had his injury for the year. Maybe maybe that's maybe. in the rearview mirror. And I think, um, you know, that's just going to be how much do you want five. If you really want him, you're going to say he's already had his injury. Yeah. And he's going to come home like a steam train. But the other thing that helps him, MJ, is that Frio game plan. Mm. That Frio game plan now is so fantasy friendly. Very All of them so. are getting involved. And I think that's a guy that he jumps out to me in defense. He was sensational on the weekend is Adam Chera. Yeah. I like him. Again, if you're if you don't want to go the Zach Williams path because you're concerned about the injury, you know, you can save yourself twenty odd grand and go to Adam Chera. At mm. one thirty, he's got two one thirty fours to his name in Supercoach this season, one against the Crows, one against the Hawks. And he's also got, you know, hundred and thirteen against the Cats. Mm. At four forty eight K, Carlton and Sydney, you know, some of the easier teams to score against. You know, maybe he's your alternate to Zach Williams if you want to go um, against him, just because I think he's got the ceiling, massive junior numbers, mm. 
and clearly that Frio game style has pivoted, you know, to something that's friendly. The hard thing will be apparently they're going to end their season up in Cairns. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Cairns is the place I want to be uh, doing really heavy possessive football like we saw them do footy. against the Hawks, where yeah. everyone um, got a touch. But maybe that's something that swings it. Um, back in fight's favour. But yeah, it's super tricky, MJ, with these upgrades, with all these um, in-game management still really, really hanging over our head. Yeah, it is. Look, we've talked a bit about the rucks that you could potentially look at, the forwards. We've already alluded to the fact that Lockie Whitfield is the prime big scoring option. You are, you are paying a little bit extra for him than what you might normally and other players that we look at, but... If you're a non-owner, it's hurting. You know, similar for if you're a non-owner of Petrarca, it's just at that point where it's starting to hurt you week on, week out, week on, week out. If you're looking for some some value, maybe they're all better super coach picks, these suggestions, but Papley, if you want to go real unique, you know, four tons, three scores, 79 or above at 423. It's got a break even at 150 in super coach, so probably could wait. I wouldn't do it in Dream Team or AFL Fantasy. I just wouldn't do it. Um, but maybe there's something there if you think it could be it. Jai Simpkin showed a little bit in that game, but then was quiet last weekend too. So that score in the mid-70s means he's still value across the formats. The one I really like in Supercoach, if you want that unique and you want that guy that could have a ceiling that pops, it's Oscar Allen. Uh, priced under 600 um, k obviously. Uh, but since round five, he's gone 117, 110, 69, 152, 70, and 72. And less than a 1,000 coaches own him. So if you want a guy that can go big 150s, uh, he's not the value pick of others like a Simpkin. But if you want that high risk, high reward, high, high no one has him, then I, I like Alan. Again, super coach only, but I like him. Yeah, the one I think as well, not by free, but... You know, we start thinking, you know, when we do our pre-season research, we always look at, you know, how did a player finish the season? Was yeah. there a different role that might carry over? And, again, a guy that was a phenomenal junior scorer, right up there with the best in his draft class, was Luke Davies Uniac. Yeah. If you heard, if you heard Reece Shaw's press conference, he's clearly going to shake things up. And he spoke, you know, about getting Luke on the field, yeah. finally healthy after a lot of injury troubles. And, again... We've said it, and that's why these guys are undervalued a lot of the time because there is massive injury risk. But yeah. you're talking about a guy that last two weeks in DT that he's played 78, 71. It's good. So we're talking about, you know, that's a mid 90s average over the last two weeks. Yeah. Again, Super Coach 79 and 97. Again, two games were against Adelaide and Melbourne. So not, you know, your peak competition. Yep. He's about to run into Brisbane and Geelong. And Brisbane and, sorry, Collingwood. Collingwood yeah. But you think about the upside, and he's getting that midfield exposure now. He was third, I believe, for the club last week in the centre bounces. Now, the tricky part is, was that because Jed Anderson went off the field with an eye injury? Yeah. You know, you know how much does that weigh in? But if we think they're going to miss, and he's a guy that, you know, he's a pick for MJ. He's a, yeah. he's a, he's a talented high, player. He's yeah. a seriously high pick. And he has that ability, contested ball, to have some big games, I think. So we're talking about a guy that's really, really, really cheap. You know, we're talking 300 in Supercoach. Like, it's risky, but it's also a guy that I think, you know, he can average 95 over a six-game stretch to end the season. At mid-300s, 
if that allows you to fix something else up elsewhere, you know, maybe that's the type of guy that you can, can ride. The other one, I think, from Sydney is James Rowbottom. Again, he's getting all the midfield minutes he can desire at the moment. 400k in super coach. And again, really contested game. It's just the swings on his ball use. You know, if he, if he puts it together in a game, he can mm. definitely crack the ton. But unfortunately, you know, other times it goes the other way and there's a few really unfortunate clangers that send him the other direction. But the last two weeks, he's reeled off back-to-back 90s. Yeah. Um, GWS is not a great matchup nope. to walk into. But again, if you're one of the premier on ballers in your side, there's always an opportunity for big points. Yeah. There, 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 there's plenty happening through there. Also at coachespanel.tv, our friends over at Lane Kicking, Louie and Check is some uh, absolute ripping lads too, by the way. They've dropped an AFL fantasy article for you to go and check out. A couple of hidden gems that they've listed for you. In AFL fantasy, Luke Davies Uniac is one of those. Luke McDonald, he has been in fine form. He's in less than a percent of teams. Sam Menegola, again, you're paying almost at a peak price now for him, but he's still been incredibly good in his scoring and is a great, unique option. Alex Witherden is uh, having a really nice season over the past couple of weeks. Matt Crouch, um, relatively consistent, albeit without the ceiling. So there's a couple of options for us there to look at that are Decent scorers with low options. And while you don't want to pick a unique for unique sake, as we've talked about a few times, Kane, over the number of years, but definitely over this episode too, is, man, if you're going for a league win or you're going for rankings, there's got to be some differential in your side. Otherwise, you're just never going to advance your team up the ladder or through those rankings. Because even if you've got all those big, strong players, that's great. You're scoring well. You're just not making up any ground. Yeah, well, it's funny. I think those in-game refs, They've actually helped that lower tier of player, and not mm. you know, not, not very low. But I think of those guys that are mid tier. Like I look at what Trent Dumont's doing this season. Yeah, good call. And he's flying again. Menegol is that sort of similar guy for the for the cap. Yeah, he's not you know Dangerfield, Duncan, these type of elite guys that people think of for a rest. But look what happens when he gets those extra midfield minutes when they you know rest forward like a Dangerfield has. They go absolutely through the roof. So yeah. There will be a player, again, that that has that red-hot finish to to the end of the season. We know Jared Lyons was one last year when he got, you know, settled into that midfield unit at Brisbane. He Mm. flew home, and he's having a great season this year. The hard thing is it's really tricky for us to look at the data and find who's getting that role because there's such wild swings week, week to week, and there's so many players coming in and out of the side. So I think, you know, finding that player... He's been more difficult than ever. Luke McDonald, if anyone got on Luke McDonald a month oh, ago, man. that's your dream scenario. But as I said, when you've still got 10 teams with a buy up their sleeve, you're trying to not look at those guys as much as possible. You're trying to find someone buy free. And yeah. um, as we've spoken through all those options, there are some good ones, but there's nothing I don't think that's screaming, this is the guy you have to get yeah. this week. Yeah, no, it's it's fascinating. And again, we don't know what the next couple of weeks, we know what round 12 looks like. We know what round 13 looks like. There's some hints dropping a- across about how round 14 could play out. But then what the next month after that? We just don't know. We're flying blind a lot. Do we get more trades? Do we hold with what we've got? Do we do a big chunk of multi buys? Do we get three smaller rounds? There's only a little bit we know. What we do know for a couple of formats in AFL Fantasy and Ultimate Footy at the completion of this round, you will get some brand new dual position players. 
And there's a couple that do have uh, coaches relatively excited about. You'd think Dane Zorko's pretty close to picking up forward status across both those formats. And also Patrick Dangerfield might just have done enough too, Kane, to sneak in that forward eligibility across those formats, which would be a huge boost to their owners towards the back end of the year. Yeah, well, that's always the interesting factor with AFL fantasy. You've got to plan that there's going to be some big options. I don't yeah. think too many people are banking on a side bottom you nope. know, being available as no. a forward. So you think by the end of the season, if we get a Zorko and potentially you know one other, whether it's a danger field or you know, Fife would have to be close, albeit he's starting to drift back more into the midfield as he gets yep. you know confidence in his body and the club does as well. So you're probably going to have half of your forwards you know, and your, your dream side, mm. be guys that were additions in the middle of the year. Yeah. So it becomes really, really tricky. And I think that's where, you know, people will probably start looking at moving on, you know, the Bailey Smith. If yep. Simpkin can't bounce back, they'll start moving on these guys just as a bridge to get to these guys that are, you know, absolute superstars. And all three of those guys, especially Zorko in a DT sense, we know what he can He's do huge. when he gets on a tear. And it's, it's amazing since he came back from his injury. He's been lowest scores seventy two, and he's actually improved every week. You know, yeah. seventy two, seventy eight, eighty eight, eighty eight, ninety four, and then an absolute huge score of one fifteen. Yeah, and like MJ, we haven't even factored in what that is in the old last year. Like that's nearly on a you know mid one forty last yeah. week with the rest of them being one ten. Mm. And we know with his with his tackling game, um, he kicks more than he handballs. You know, he kissed the scoreboard. Like, he goes under the radar. Like, he doesn't get any attention now um, drifting between no. those that forward and midfield line. So, um, yeah, I think he's a guy that's going to be right on everyone's radar. Again, hard thing is big scores behind him. So, you're not getting that value gone, mm. you know, when he did that injury against the Crows. Four weeks ago, yeah. Um, but, again, that's, the, that's why people go early on these type of guys with the hope that, you know, we get that big score. And yep. Again, last week it was Zorko and Laird. Um, you know, there definitely been more. And that's why, you know, we always, I guess, encourage that, you know, just diversify what you're looking at. Maybe Laird is the perfect guy for you. Yeah. But next week there'll be a new Laird. As we all know, that's how the game goes. Correct. So I want to be on, I want to be on that guy. The hard part is just who is it? Yeah, that is the big question for coaches. Who is going to be the guy that, in four days, five days' time, everyone's going, I want that player. Who will it be this week? Um, and that is a excellent question. Uh, the coaches are trying to figure that out. I've got some thoughts, but I'm not certain. But that's just me. It's tricky, MJ. It's very, it's very, very tricky. And um, as I said, this condensed fixture just made it so much harder because the roles are not consistent at all. Yeah, exactly. They're just not consistent at all. And... Um, you know, maybe matchups is something, but even then, we're only a couple of weeks in advance. So, um, at the same time, it's a lot of fun, a lot of different stuff. It's a good challenge to work through, um, and I do think we will get more trades. That's just my gut feel. I, think I do too. Too many people playing this game, so that's why I would encourage. You know, don't leave anything on the table, even if you're getting down to you know low single digit trades. If just you've go. gone crazy in the format, um, just, you know, keep, just keep pushing, and I'm sure you'll get. Um, some help because yeah no one knows what these buyers are going to be yet nope. and um, you know you've just got to be cool in that scenario and I think the one that will be a massive factor MJ is, is keepers and drafts 
Oh, that's like just luck, could, isn't it now? Yeah. It's going to be a massive factor. And um, I know a lot of coaches were smart enough to be trying to be, you know, negotiating a few trades and bringing in the guys that have already had their buy. Mm. Um, and I think that was really, really smart. Yeah, agree. Coaching, I think that's something that everyone's cottoned on to now. But um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of really interesting things that come out. And I really can't wait for this fixture to come out, MJ, and we can just absolutely dive into it and work out what the best strategy will be. Certainly something we do the moment that the fixtures landed and we've actually had more than 10 seconds to kind of process what it means. Uh, we'll get back into the studio, be sure to chat about what that fixture looks like and another sneaky podcast that I can guarantee is going to land before the end of round 12 is this. If you look across the formats and you see who's the current rankings leader, firstly, well done to our very own Fox getting the... Uh, the uh, DT top weekly score. He's now into the top five of Dream Team. Uh, Rids, he's still, I think that's five weeks in a row now, four weeks in a row he's been the leader of Dream Team. He's having a ripping year in that format uh, as well. What we will be bringing for you, though, and the reason I bring it up is this, is there are three leaders across our three salary cap formats, and over the weekend, you're going to hear from every single one of those leaders. It'll be the number ones podcast. Uh, who, have, who have they got in their side? What are their strategies? And what cat's out of the bag and advice are they prepared to share with us? Or are they just going to absolutely close up shop and give us nothing to help us through? That podcast is dra- dropping in for you across this upcoming weekend. Kane, appreciate your thoughts today, mate. No worries, MJ. You definitely buried the lead there. We should have started the show saying that's on its way. That's got very got me very excited. Yeah, no, I'm keen to just draw out some wisdom from our current leaders. Some of them have held this number one spot or a top ten spot for big chunks of the year. So we're going to find out what their teams are. I'm going to ask in Supercoach and Dream Team how many trades they've got left too. Uh, I want to find how much information are they prepared to give us or how close are they going to be? Plenty of great learnings and insights from the top coach at the moment across Dream Team, Supercoach and AFL Fantasy. You're going to get that podcast exclusive to the coaches panel. Good luck this week. I hope everything goes your way. I hope the rookies you need to play, they play and they absolutely dominate. I hope your premiums fire. And let's be honest, if you're a Neil or a McRae owner, that's the VCNC option that you're rolling through this week. Don't overcomplicate it, my friend. Just make it real simple and easy for yourself. Good luck in round 12. We'll chat to you soon.